dear colleagues, now for something completely different. Uh, I am going to talk about interpreting OSL dates from Wadi sediments in the Jabal Harun area, Petra region, so that's southern Jordan, and this is in the geoarchaeology of Levant context in this uh, seminar. And I'm very grateful for the organizers to invite me here to, uh, to this very interesting conference. Thank you. The background for my research is uh, the Finnish Jabal Harun project, which was carried out between 1997 and 2013, uh, directed by Professor Jakob Fersen from the University of Helsinki, Finland. And the project consisted of the excavations of a late Byzantine monastic complex on top of Jabal and Nabi Harun, and an intensive archaeological survey in the surroundings of the mountain. And here you can see the location of Jabal Harun in context to Petra. It's about five kilometers as crow flies to the southwest of Petra. And here in the close-up, a little more closely, our survey area. We did intensive survey of the dark gray area and an extensive pedestrian survey of the lighter gray area in 2005. <clears throat> And the survey was directed by Professor of Archaeology Mikael Laventa from the University of Helsinki and later co-directed by myself. And uh, yeah. So here you can see a nice picture by Robert Bewley of the survey area from the west towards the mountain. And you can see the Islamic monument on top of it, the white dot on the picture. And since there have been other commercials, I just have to mention that our survey results were published about a year and a half ago in a book, uh, Petra the Mountain of Aron, the third volume of the series, the archaeological survey. And I'm not going to go into details about the archaeological survey now, but talk about the OSL dates. And while I'm talking, I'd like you to bear in mind that this research was done more than 10 years ago. So it might be a little bit hazy in my mind what was happening at the time, <laughs> since it's such a long time ago already. And also, uh, the stage of research was different from what it is today. <clears throat> uh, shortly about the environmental setting around the Jabal Harun. It's in the edge of, uh, sorry, wrong. One. <laughs> okay, in the edge of Wadi Araba, and here you can see uh, the bottom of Wadi Araba, and this is the so-called Petra Shelf formation between Jabal Ashara in the east and the Wadi Araba. And uh, Jabal Harun is just here. Here is the peak of the mountain, and we basically surveyed intensively this area around the mountain. And as you can see, this bedrock here is very heavily faulted due to the false systems adjacent to the Great Rift. And uh, this has resulted in a very complex forma bedrock formation in the survey area, consisting of uh, limestones here, the light-colored ones, and mostly sandstones in the red rest of the area. There are also some uh, volcanic rocks, but they don't really come into the question in this presentation. And then we also have some silicified limestones. And uh, the area is very 
much characterized by very steep slopes and deep wadis that are controlled by the pre-existing joint systems of the bedrock. Uh, just briefly, the rainfall. So we are in between Jabal al-Shara, which receives up to 300 millimeters per year, and the Wadi Araba, which only receives about 50 millimeters per year. So our area is likely to receive something between 100 and 200 millimeters, depending on the year. The rainfall is very variable. And uh, about the natural factors changing the environment in our survey area, well, of course, there's tectonics, and that's the sort of basic basics for all. Uh, there's extensive faulting and jointing of the bedrock, and the faulting has continued until the Pleistocene period at least. We do not know about any active faults in our survey area, although we looked for them but couldn't find any. So we suppose the faulting has uh, ceased after the Pleistocene period. And then, of course, earthquakes have shaken the ground in the Petra area as is known from historical records until very recent times. And then the other important uh, natural factor changing the environment is, of course, erosion by water, wind, and uh, various slope processes on these very steep slopes. As you, here you can see a gully on a limestone slope. Then there's the human impact on the Jabal Harun environment, which is also considerable. Uh, farming has taken place in this environment at least for the last 2,000 years. And uh, the main structures built for farming are these hydraulic installations consisting of cultivation terraces and dams or barrages, as we used to call them in the survey. And we have dated them to have been first built around the uh, first century CE, and then there appear to be periods of abandonment and repair until the 20th century. There are sources from Kenneth Russell's surveys that these fields were still cultivated in the 1980s, and in fact, the Bedouin have now taken up again cultivation in this area. Uh, then, of course, there's herding, uh, which has changed the vegetation towards more enduring plants, and then other activities such as log logging of trees, slime burning, etc. And, of course, most recently, modern transportation and bulldozing, even in this quite remote area. Well, the aims of the environmental studies in the Jabal Harun Project Survey were to first recognize Holocene environmental change, to recognize the natural factors and human impact changing the environment, to understand the role of erosion and deposition in site-forming processes, and to understand the changes in human settlement and use of the area as uh, in connection to the environmental change. And also, we hope to detect periods of use and abandonment of the extensive system of cultivation, terraces, and barrages. Uh, so we were quite ambitious. 
the methods we used were sedimentological studies, uh, mapping of wadi bank formations, which are also called terraces, just to confuse you, uh, and sedimentary analysis from sediment sections, OSL dates, and then we also tried C14 dating, although we had very little uh, charred wood material or organic material of any form in these sediments, so we basically did not use C14 very much. And then we also did some archaeobotanical studies, although mainly those were done from the monastic complex area. Well, uh, here are the results of the terrace mapping. Uh, this probably doesn't say very much to you, but it shows the numbered terraces along uh, certain wadis in the area. I'll show the wadis a little bit later. And then the height of the terrace base from the modern wadi bed and the terrace top height from the modern wadi bed in meters. And then the grouping of terraces into supposedly uh, into terrace groups of supposedly the same age. And uh, here you, ha you can see the same terraces on a map. So these were along two wadis, Wadi al-Mahatta and Wadi al-Farasa. And uh, I am now concentrating on these, uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm making a mess of this, really. <laughs> uh, these terraces along Wadi al-Farasha, where we did uh, sediment sections. Uh, all the terraces were very fragmentary, and it was difficult to uh, form the groups of, of terraces of supposedly the same age, due to the fragmentary stage of them. So now, here we have, again, some of the same terrace levels. Uh, the oldest ones are probably uh, Pleistocene or even older, and tentatively they are uh, attached to tectonic movements. These high terraces here, T5 and T8, which are about the same level, the top level, uh, and there is a middle paleolithic site, or the remnants of a middle paleolithic site on top of this T8, but it doesn't appear to be eroding from the sediments, nor does it sort of seem to uh, be creeping down the slope. So we suppose this has originally been a valley fill, and the site has been in the valley fill. Uh, then you can see here lower terraces. This is of a group two, so the second oldest group, supposedly, T10, which is an important one since we did a sedimentary section to this terrace, which you shall, you shall see soon. And then the lowermost terraces, uh, T12 and T13, probably of uh, the group four, and the most recent ones like T14. And as you can see, the most recent terraces are at least partially formed due to building of these cultivation terraces and wadi dams. So unfortunately, this picture seems to be very dark. <laughs> but uh, here is a photo of Wadi al-Farasha. Here are the big terraces from the last picture. 
here goes the wadi, and here are the locations of the sediment sections. So we try to choose different level terraces to get a variable age for sediments and to be able to find out about environmental uh, development in the area. And since this is a headwater area, we knew that everything uh, reflected in the sedimentary sequences must be something very local rather than something happening far away, which we thought would be a good thing. Well, it turned out to be both a good thing and a bad thing. Here you can see uh, sedimentary sequences from actually two of these three uh, sediment sections. And as you can see, there are in these two a very variable composition of the sediment, several stages of sedimentation, uh, really large uh, lateral changes over the distance of just a few meters. This is one end of the section and this is the other end of the section downwards, like uh, downwards the wadi. And this is uh, from T10. This terrace formation is about uh, four and a half meters of sediment on top of one and a half meters of undercut bedrock. So the wadi has undercut this terrace and cut into the bedrock about one and a half meters since this sedimentation was formed on this terrace. And you can see that there are three uh, clearly separated uh, sedimentation cycles. All of them are separated by erosional surfaces. And we thought that this would be ideal for, for dating uh, what was going on in the environment at the time when the terrace was formed. Well, I'm sure we don't have to go back uh, to the details of OSL or the basic concepts of OSL dating here. If someone wants to know, we can go back. I am not perhaps the best person to explain it because I didn't do this analysis myself. Uh, they were done in the Finnish uh, Museum of Natural History Laboratory of Chronology by Kari Eskola, who just gave me then the results and explained the problems with them. And as you can see from here, these are the results from the two uh, older terraces, T10 and T15. As you can see, the age is thousands of years, and the ages are really high. And also, what is the problem? The error is also very high in these ages. This age is also like kilo years, so th uh, thousands of years. And the second thing, when you see how the dates cluster, here we have older dates uh, on top of an older sediment. So these dates are younger, but this sediment should be younger than this one. So the dates go the wrong way around, so to say. And then there are some outlying samples like this one that don't make any sense at all. Uh, anyhow, <coughs> um, what was I going to say? Sorry. <coughs> Do I still have time? 
Um, yeah, so uh, anyhow, the dates are too young for the sandstones of the area, much too young for the Cambrian and Ordovician sandstones. So we suggest that these might be uh, reworked Pleistocene soils formed under more humid conditions and then deposited very rapidly, but when? There are also some more OSL dates from the lowest uh, terrace, which turned out pretty nicely. This was excavated in 2003, and it provided dates to around 3,000 uh, 3, 3, years ago and 2,000 years ago. And this uh, particular sedimentation has occurred behind one of these wadi dams that we consider to be of Nabataean age. So it seems that these dates actually confirm pretty nicely what we thought about the age of the terrace wall. Um, and this also, this dating agrees with what uh, more recently Brian Becker's Birgitta Schutt and others have, received, uh, have obtained from the Beda area further north. And here you can also see the very localized nature of the erosion and sedimentary sequences due to the variability of rainfall and topography in this area. And it nicely also illustrates the problems of selecting and dating natural sediments when you consider what we got from the natural sedimentation on the body terraces. So back to the sedimentary sequences here. Uh, we got some few archaeological finds from these sediment sections and the finds which were lithics uh, from this layer, a gravelly layer, and then from another um, matrix supported layer which probably could represent uh, slow processes or mass movements. Uh, these flint flakes indicate this one from here was very worn and it was dated to Middle Paleolithic by its style or type. And this second one from uh, a sediment uh, slightly on top of this gravel layer, this is the same gravel layer as here. So you can see that there's also a very steep gradient for this layer. Uh, this was post-Middle Paleolithic, so to say, and it wasn't that worn at all. So I think here we might have something that happened after the Middle Paleolithic, maybe after the last ice age, sometime before, like between the end of the ice age and the beginning of the Neolithic period. And then we have an erosional surface just here and just here, which means that there might have been more sediment on top of this, uh, but we don't know anything about it and we don't know how long it took uh, for this rest of this sediment to form or when this erosion event took place. But then we again have a road, an Abatian Roman road on top of this terrace which gives us uh, reason to believe that the terrace must have been stable 
by the time of, uh, of building these road structures which happened in the first century CE based on the pottery finds related to the road structures. So to conclude, <coughs> uh, on that occasion we kind of gave up on the OSL dating after this. It's quite expensive and if you don't get good dates, we didn't see really any reason to go continue with that uh, direction of research. But now that the survey has been finished and the publication is finally out, I am trying to get funding to start a new environmental archaeology project in this area, also working in cooperation with Bernard Luke and uh, with uh, Professor Nizar Abuyaber from the German University, German Jordanian University, sorry. Uh, and we plan to sample archaeological sites for OSL dates and other environmental samples. And I also hope to be able to do some systematical field survey from uh, different regions or re different areas in this uh, Petra region from different environmental zones to compare the human activity in these different zones throughout the Holocene period. Um, and yes, I find this very important because this area is outside the Petra, or, or basically within the Petra Archaeological Park, but outside the Petra city proper. And there are lots of small sites which are in danger of being wiped out by land use and looting. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Paula. Are there any questions? We have five minutes for questions. Thank you very much for the lecture. It was very interesting. Um, did I understood you well that in one of your slides you showed that um, you had some OSL data from different strata and there was one data which was um, on the upper stratum but older than a lower one or was it a misunderstanding? Um, Sorry? Um, I understood that you had some OSL data from different strata in a, in yes. a matrix in profile and there was some data from upper strata which were older than... Yes, here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want like, to, to refer to, I don't know if you know Daniel Schiele from Cologne University who was working in the Wadi um, Shalaj, I think it's the name, close to Petra, and has a middle Paleolithic and especially upper Paleolithic side working there, and he had the same problem with the vice versa of the, um, of the data on these conditions. So it might be an idea to also to get in contact with him. I don't know how he could solve the problem. But we had a um, comparable problem in our terrace gardens in Java when we took the first OSL dates. We had also the upper one was younger than the lower one. And as I was told by the people working on, on these dates that it's probably also a question of the methodology. I can't remember if they look more on a feldspar or less on a feldspar. Which they, <coughs> which they analyzed, so that's maybe might also be a solution uh, to look on these things for uh, better dating, I don't know. Yes, uh, we used quartz cranes. I don't know whether there's any feldspar in this uh, bedrock, I doubt it. 
The sandstones are mainly quartz, uh, quartz sandstone. And um, yes, we had problems with the quartz cranes because they were very worn and the OSL signal was very weak. So we had to use a, a single aliquot regenerative dose pro protocol. Please don't ask me any, anything about it because I don't really know. But anyhow, we had to, it means that we had to uh, date several grains, like thousands of grains, and then calculate the mean from all those dates rather than using single grain because and this was because the OSL signal from the grains was so weak. What uh, optically stimulated luminescence. Can you uh, show me the slide again uh, that uh, had the various levels? Um, this? No, no, later. Later? Yeah. I'll wait a the moment. The one, uh, three before the end, I think. This? No, no, the... Not that one either? No. Uh, uh, yeah, this one. This one? Yes. Okay, this is the only one where we got proper dates. <laughs> okay. So can you... Um, uh, I mean, I'm looking at level two that says 3,000 to 4,000 BP. Yeah. Is that below the level of the terrace wall, or is, is, do you consider that to be older than the terrace, or do you think the terrace might have been that old? And the terrace wall is built uh, right on the bedrock of the wadi bottom. Okay, so... So, so it's difficult to say whether there was already sediment and they built the terrace wall to retain the sediment, uh. or whether the terrace wall is indeed this old. It's not impossible, but we don't really know. Okay, thank you. The terrace wall is very badly preserved. There's on basically only the bottommost row of stones left. Okay, thank you. I yeah, would just like to make a comment on this. I mean, unfortunately, our colleague um, Hendrik Bruins cannot present, uh, who was supposed to be here in the session as well, to present some finds from the Negev. And in the Negev, we have terrace walls, I mean, with sediments going back to 7,000 BC or BP, I'm not sure. I think it's BP, so it's 5,000 BC. And so that means um, that terracing in this area, as, as really now confirmed, um, is, is a feature of Neolithic times already. So I'm not too surprised. I think it is indeed possible that we have something similar going on in Petra. And um, you probably also heard about um, Fuji's work, um, suggesting that already in the pre-Petra Neolithic, uh, something was constructed in the Jaffa Basin. I mean, one challenge for this research, of course, is um, differentiating old slack water deposits and valley fills and um, bedrock, this crushed bedrock, which has moved. Because when you get all these old grains inside, I mean, when you when you take um, thousands of grains, you have a high likelihood, especially in those older bodies, to get, um, yeah, um, grains which have not seen sunlight since being moved, and so you get really a distortion of the age. This is one problem. But um, it's quite interesting, I mean, to see um, how it works with these terrorist elements. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yes, you, you mentioned the work of Fuji, and uh, I mean, these, these walls he has are dating back to the PPNB already, so it's, uh, 
um, was more than 7,000 BP. So, um, no, that's good evidence. And, um, yeah, thank you. Just the last question. Yeah, just a, a comment about OSL. So, we assume that during transport, the, during erosion and transport, the quartz grain are exposed to the light. Yes. Okay. In some cases, uh, especially when you have short distance transport such as mud flow, may happen that exposure to light is not complete. So it may happen that uh, more recent sediment are eroded and deposited first, and then older sediments are transported on the top of them. Yes, this is what and I so, believe has happened. So yes. it may happen you can have a apparent reversal of the age. Yeah. yeah. I suppose this is what happened exactly with the T10 sediment sequence.